While we need to know today, we're going to speak to an expert who's going to share tips and treatment options for gastroesophageal reflux disease, which is also known as GERD. And a hotline we have Dr. John Pandolfino, Chief of Gastroenterology and Hepatology at Northwestern Medicine. And how are we doing today there, Doctor? We're doing good. Very good. Thanks for having me. No problem. I, I hope I pronounced all of that stuff right. Those are big SAT words for me, I would imagine. <laughs> I don't think you'll see that on the SAT. Thank God. <laughs> Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Oh boy, that was a that was a mouthful. I'll tell you that now. All right, so let's uh, let's find out more about GERD. So, what is GERD, and uh, how many people suffer from it? So, GERD is actually gastroesophageal reflux disease, as you correctly said. Okay. Um, and it's a disease that is related to movement of stomach contents whether it's acid, liquid, food, into the esophagus, chest, and then your throat and maybe your lungs. And it's pretty common. You know, it's estimated that about, you know, a quarter to a third of Americans actually suffers from some form of gastroesophageal reflux mm-hmm, Gotcha. And uh, so what, what causes this, a uh, spicy food or going to sleep on a full stomach? Well, those are certainly some of the aggravating factors, but really reflux and and reflux disease is related to anatomical and physiologic problems. Mm -hmm. So there's an area at the end of your esophagus and the top part of your stomach that functions as an anti-reflux barrier. It literally prevents the food and the liquid that you've eaten from coming back up in your chest. And the reason for that is is that your chest has a negative pressure because you're trying to suck air in. It's like a vacuum. Mm -hmm. And your stomach has a positive pressure. So the natural thing would be for stuff to come up. But that muscle and the diaphragm and your breathing uh, muscles keep that that anti-reflux barrier intact. And when that goes awry, then these other things like foods um, and position can really affect reflux. Gotcha. Well, people have to realize, I would imagine that, in the stomach, there's acid to help break down the food, right? Yeah, acid and digestive enzymes, and you certainly don't want that coming up into your throat because that could be pretty annoying. Right, and that's sometimes, you know, people get that. I'm, I get it sometimes. It's like a burning sensation in the throat. And uh, so what, what can we do to uh, help fight this condition? Well, I think some of the first things are what you kind of mentioned. You know, if you notice that there are certain food triggers, um, foods that kind of slow the stomach emptying, that, that make you have more reflux, certainly try to avoid that. I don't try to tell people to avoid everything that they love mm-hmm. um, because, you know, I want people to enjoy a meal. Right. I think also not eating too close to bedtime. But if you notice that, you know, you, you had a little bit of a dietary indiscretion at night, and, and you've eaten a little bit late, maybe taking a little bit of antacids before you go to sleep could prevent that. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, a lot of this focuses on good lifestyle modification, um, depending on how severe it is, good targeted medicines, and really providing a personalized approach and putting people on the right medicines. And then occasionally, if people have pretty severe disease and they don't get better with lifestyle and medicine changes, there are some endoscopic and surgical procedures that can be performed. Gotcha. So, all right. So tell us about Northwestern Medicine and how uh, you over there are helping patients. Yeah. So at Northwestern Medicine, you know, our our mantra is really to personalize the approach for GI problems. And, you know, in doing that, we really try to use both, 
you know, a careful assessment, talking to the patient, understanding the patient and, and why they're suffering, but then also coupling that in parallel with high-level diagnostics and tests where we can actually figure out what the actual abnormality is that's driving the abnormal reflux. So we treat the person and the problem at the same time, and I think we get exceptional results. So if somebody has this and it's chronic, meaning, you know, sometimes I guess everybody gets it every once in a while, but if you're having it every month, every week, every day, uh, can this cause uh, something bad to happen if it's chronic? Yeah, definitely. And I think that's, that's an important point that you bring up. Um, when, when it does become chronic and if you're having it like, you know, a couple times a week or more, you know, uh, these, are, these are the symptoms that should warrant a discussion with your primary care doctor. And most likely your primary care doctor will send you to a gastroenterologist for an evaluation with an endoscopy. Mm. And the reason for that is, is really to look for um, potential complications that could occur. Um, people can get ulcers, bleeding. Um, they can also get blockages from this. And then, of course, in a, in a small group of people, but, but nonetheless an important risk is, is esophageal cancer. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want to scare people in the audience. It, it is associated with reflux. Um, but, you know, if you talk to your primary care doctor, get seen by a gastroenterologist, you know, you're not going to die of esophageal cancer. We're, you know, we're here to protect you from that. So uh, are there medications that they can prescribe? How does this all work here? Yeah, so the typical medications that we use for reflux really focus on acid. And, you know, the classic antacids, what they do is they buffer the acid. So they just add something that drops the level or the concentration of the acid. But then there are other fancier medicines like H2 blockers and proton pump inhibitors that actually block the acid pumps or the ability of the acid pumps to push acid out into the stomach. And what we typically do is we typically start with these medicines and we titrate them and modify them to the lowest dose that we can get you to where your symptoms are controlled. And, and that's really, once again, part and parcel with the personalized approach. Yeah. Are there any other treatment options or uh, that you can tell us about? Yeah. So if, if the medications don't do the trick and mm-hmm. they don't work, that's really where you can go through these endoscopic and surgical procedures. And what these procedures do is either endoscopically or laparoscopically through a minimally invasive surgical approach, just like when they fix your gallbladder, mm-hmm. you know, you can go in and repair the flap valve and also repair a hiatal hernia, which is an anatomical defect that's associated with reflux. So when we can't fix you with medicines and lifestyle, then these are the people that we actually, you know, um, wind up sending for surgery as long as we document that they have you know, significant reflux. Right, right. We also do use behavioral therapies mm-hmm. like cognitive behavioral therapy and hypnosis to really help temper the symptom severity in a lot of patients too. And, and this is all at Northwestern uh, Medicine over there. This is you can all do that. Yeah. Over, so, yeah. so pretty much, pretty much housed under one roof. Um, we can provide a very comprehensive evaluation and take you through the entire process, and really focusing on lifestyle eating more healthy, losing some weight, um, behavioral techniques, uh, careful adjudication of medications. And then, of course, we have exceptional surgeons and endoscopists who can do those fancy treatments of your anatomy and physiology. Yeah, well, I'm sure that would come in handy, especially if people, 
Now, that can cause a lot of pain if they don't uh, get it treated, right? Yeah, it's a pretty debilitating thing. I mean, mm -hmm. if you think about it, you know, one of the joys of life is going out and eating a meal with your family and, yeah. you know, and, and loved ones and friends. And could you imagine if every time that you ate, you would get heartburn, you know, you'd have significant anxiety about going out to dinner. I mean, it can be a very debilitating problem. Yeah, I, I had this happen to me once. I had something come back up. And then, I, like, a little bit went down my lung, and I had to go to the doctor, and you had to treat me for that. I mean, what is that called? I forgot what it was called. Yeah, that, that's actually what we call laryngeal pharyngeal reflux. So mm. that's where the actual acid reflux and gastrostopic reflux gets into your throat, and then you aspirate it into your lung. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he actually told me that. Scary thing. Yeah, he actually said if uh, it would have been more, he would have had to send me to the hospital and get it really taken care of because something like that can really cause, uh, I don't know, you were saying it causes pneumonia and stuff like that, but it, mine wasn't that bad. But some people who just uh, say, oh, you know what, I'll I'll take care of it later on, something like that should be, uh, see, I guess, seen immediately, I would imagine, right? Yeah, I think, I think the key is recognizing that a lot of different symptoms can be associated with reflux. Yeah. And that it's important to address that. And, you know, we've got really effective things to do, and, and we can prevent people from getting anything bad. Gotcha. This is a very interesting and very informative, and, and you're also very entertaining, by the way. And I, I, I so appreciate you. you. know, it's my pleasure. I appreciate the time for going over this here. Uh, Dr. John Pandolfino is the uh, Chief of Gastroenterology and Hepatology at Northwestern Medicine. Thanks so much for giving us all this great information today. Much appreciated. Well, thanks for having me. Have a good day. You too.